four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where tonight I am going to put my flag in the sand, so to speak, and talk about what I think is going to become the next big genre of music. It's a genre that people don't really talk about too much. And after our podcasts on Yacht Rock and how explosive that category and genre of music has become, I want to suggest that I think the next big genre that's going to have a resurgence is what is called post-disco funk, or sometimes called post-disco R&B. Also called boogie, sometimes called electro-funk, but this is what happened to disco music after disco died. And I think this genre of music is one of the best and one of the most unappreciated genres of music in all the music categories. So first, let's go back. Let's talk about the night, July 12th, 1979, when disco officially died. So there was this night in Chicago at Comiskey Park, July 12th, 1979, which was called Disco Demolition Night. And at a doubleheader between the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers, between the two games, there was a DJ called Steve Dahl. And Steve Dahl told fans and all people on his radio program to bring their disco records to the stadium, and between games, he would light them all on fire. Disco had become such a big deal that it was almost oversold and overdone. After Saturday Night Fever in 1977 and so many of the derivatives that came after it, it was so pushed and so over-commercialized that a lot of the people that wanted rock and roll back, there was just no room for them. Even rock bands really did a little disco in order to get some playtime because it was such a big deal. So Steve Dahl was kind of this champion for the movement of getting disco away. And what he did was he discounted the tickets that night because truthfully, the Chicago White Sox weren't really doing that good and they wanted to try to fill the stadium and get more people there. They thought they would have a crowd of about 20,000, but actually about 50,000 people came for 98 cents and brought their vinyls And what he did was in the middle of the center field, he had (laughs) explosives and blew up all of these records. In fact, the explosion was so damaging to the field that they couldn't even finish the second game. So they basically played the first game and then had to go home. He said, Dahl said, this is now officially the world's largest anti-disco rally. Now listen, we took all the records you brought tonight. We got them in a giant box. And we're going to blow them up real good. End quote. And he did exactly that. So he blew them all up. And that was officially the marking at Comiskey Park of the night that disco died. But where did the music go? What happened to some of these artists? And what happened to that style of music? And why did what elements stayed? What elements became new? And what elements died? So we want to talk a little bit about that tonight. So first, I want to talk about some of the characteristics of what it means to be post-disco. What are some of the musical instruments, some of the elements, some of the themes, etc.? So this basically is funk music. Funk, R&B, a bit of blues, and a bit of jazz, all mixed together. But the biggest thing to note is that 
these instruments weren't necessarily real instruments. They started to use synthesizers, and that was really the big thing. So all of these songs that I'm going to play tonight, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick my top 12. These are my 12 post-disco songs that are my favorite, that are important to me, that also I think illuminate the genre and showcase where this genre lives. And it's a very small bit of time. Really only goes from about 1979, the night disco died, to about 85, 86. Some could make the case 87, 88, but I think things became a little bit more produced and a little bit more late 80s. And it, it, it didn't have that kind of that, that, that funk that this really needs to have. So getting back to the instruments, drum machines, synthesizers, all the drums, guitars, bass lines, all those things were really done by a mini Moog or uh, other synthesizers, other keyboards, other electric pianos that made that sound, not necessarily did that sound. If there's guitars, it's rare, but it's beautiful when there. If it's if there's horns, it's rare that they're live, but sometimes they are, depending on the band. But all of that stuff is usually done with synthesizers. The other thing is it's very soulful. There's a lot of female vocals, which was something similar to where you know disco had a lot of that, but there's a lot of soul. So let's get to the music. I want to show what I think is the bridge, the song that connected, that made the transition from disco into post-disco funk. And as much as I'm not a huge fan of this artist, I have to give him credit specifically for being the guy that had the song in 1979 that really said this is some elements of disco and some elements of post-disco. This was the bridge song. Released August 24th, 1979. This is Prince, I Want to Be Your Lover. Right off the bat, you can hear that disco funk, but it's not disco, is it? There's something else there. It's a funk song. He sings it fully in a falsetto voice, which Prince does beautifully. And at around 2.57, so almost a three-minute mark, we have what I think is the bridge that brought disco out of where it was and into this post-disco funk. So I'm going to go to that so you can kind of hear it exactly. All right, this is the break. Right in the middle of the song, almost literally the middle of the song. Here's where you can hear... Here's where we're going in this genre. Hear all of those synthesizers. All done by Prince, by the way. You can kind of hear what, where this goes. He goes on like this for about three minutes, almost literally saying we left all of that behind. Now we're going somewhere different. Prince had said at the time that he made this song in thinking about his crush that he had for Patrice Russian. 
And we have to talk about Patrice because she also has a, a major part of this genre. And her song that is for me, so that's song number one. This would be song number two. And they have to go, kind of go in order because well, I think one leads into the other. This is Forget Me Nots. from her album Straight From The Heart she made a radical shift from more laid back kind of jazzy stuff and came out with this so I gotta give number two on my list to Patrice she won a Grammy for this in 1982 best female R&B vocal performance Listen to this. Those were good times we had. Sharing joy that we thought It was about open affection. Listen to that funky bass line. Because we got to get to all 12, I'm going to leave it there, but you get that funk. You feel where this This is not disco. This is something new. This isn't R&B either. This is post-disco funk. Song number three is from actually 1979. Top 20 hit for this band, The Whispers. This is And The Beat Goes On. This was the group's only number one hit song on the dance chart, but it was their biggest hit in all over the world. UK charts, Germany charts, all of it. Listen to the bass. Listen to the keys, the synthesizers. Song number three, The Whispers, and the beat goes on. Now, you can feel in some of these earlier songs, 79, 80, 81, there's still a bigger percentage of feeling that there's still some disco elements left. You still feel a bit of that disco groove here. As we go forward, and I'm kind of going to do this chronologically a bit in some of the later songs will be later in, in time, you'll feel less disco and more funk, more blues, more R&B, but... You can feel in these late 70s, early 80s ones that they're still there a little bit. Just just notable, I didn't know whether to pick this one or their other hit, which was number two, Rock Steady, which is just as good and maybe a bit more in of a better example of the genre. I think I like and the beat goes on better, but just let me give you a little bit of the other one too. Anyway, I can't I can't stay too long there. But here's what I want to say. It would be unfair and incorrect to not include a massive watershed album of this whole movement produced by the great Quincy Jones and really I think brought Michael Jackson into what he became as the icon of pop in the 80s. But before he became that, he was part of this post disco funk movement. But the album that personified that 
was absolutely off the wall. The title track of that album is this. This funk, this groove, everything here is post-disco. Now, it's, it's important to note that this album, if you were to look at the 10 songs that are on this album, which came out in late 1979, it starts with, I believe, a disco song, which is this, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. This is disco. This is track one of the album. Great tune, but disco. Not post-disco yet. You still feel a bit of that I'm in Studio 54 kind of vibe. He kills this song, though. Disco. Track number two is Rock With You. Now we're going a little somewhere else. This is a bit more post-disco. As we go through the album, we get to track five, which is Off The Wall, which I played, and the last song on the album is called Burn This Disco Out. Almost, I could have made the claim that this was the bridge album even though prince's song i think does a better job bringing us into this genre this could be a a a contender as well so he has to get honorable mention there all right track number five for me you got the bass you got the funk you got the horns you got the soul you got the harmonies you got everything in rick james give it to me baby five weeks it's spent at number one There's the horns. February 20th, 1981. Tremendous groove. If you're not moving, something's wrong. Listen to all the elements we talked about. Tremendous song. All right, let's keep moving. Track number six for me. Top 12. We're in the middle now. Number six. One of the great bands of this genre, of this era, that did come out of disco to do stuff like this. This is 1981, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's groove. Digitized synthesizers. This isn't disco. What is this? Post-disco. This 
This is off their 1981 album called Raise. Listen to that bass. There's almost so much fuzz on that that it sounds digitized. Everything it was, a bit of that early 80s computer. I think of those monitors, those big TV-looking monitors with the black screens and the green text. That's what I feel when I hear songs like this. And by the way, this was their 11th, 11th studio album at the time. All right, let's keep going. Number seven is probably my favorite song of this era. Oh, I don't even know if I should say that. Yeah, I'm going to say that. This is probably my favorite song of the era. It is the song that brought me into this era, and this is The Gap Band. Only peaked at number 84 on the Billboard Top 100. Not a big song. But for me, when I heard this groove, and I heard... This was written by Charlie Wilson and his brothers. They made up the Gap Band, and this is Burn Rubber. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is this? Funk. So number seven has to be Burn Rubber. Play that. I can just let that play all day. Such a good song. I don't know why it hits me so much, but it does. All right, number eight. We have to talk about this lady. We have to talk about Evelyn Champagne King. Born July 1st, 1960, and best known for her song, Shame. This is absolutely a disco song. 1977, definitely disco was huge in the in the popularity of the height of disco for her. But that's not the song we're going to talk about. Evelyn Champagne King, Champagne, by the way, because her childhood nickname was Bubbles, so they just called her Champagne. Now that she was grown up, her song for me that personifies what she did during the post disco movement is 100% this. Here, a little more digitized, more synth, more of a funk. Her voice on this, unbelievable. Huge hit for her. Reached number one on both the soul and dance charts. I'm going to, because this has a big intro. This is the 12-inch version. Let me fast forward a little bit to the part that I want you to really hear.
you don't know this song, you really need to. You need to spend some time with the long 12-inch version. They would make a 12-inch version, and they would make a 7-inch version. Usually the 7-inch version was the shorter version for radio, and the 12-inch was an extended version for dance parties and kind of the DJs to find that groove and just let it kind of play out and and, and have a, a longer version. If you don't know Evelyn Champagne King, you probably need to. Um, this one also needs honorable mention. We have to talk about this. This is Love Come Down from 1982. Oh, good tune here. But for me, I'm in love is better, but you probably know this one. If you know her for anything, you know her for this. Gotta move on. Song number nine is this. Let it whip. Daz band. Their biggest hit by far. Maybe even a one-hit wonder. This was top of the charts. Number one on the R&B chart for five weeks. You gotta listen to the drum machine, the mini moog, the bass line, the electric guitar, the bass. It has everything you need for post-disco funk. coolest breaks in all of the post-disco funk songs. This is such a great little break that they did. Check this out. Such a good break. Right here. So good. All right, we got to move on. Song number 10 is kind of a personal choice of mine. I don't think many people know this song, but this, I think, personifies the genre as well. This is, again, probably a one-hit wonder, and this is Cutie Pie by One Way. Only peaked at number 61, but listen to this. Funk. We're going to go back a little bit to what Prince did with some of that falsetto. I think there's something to be said for when you have very low, deep bass and very high, high girl or falsetto voices. Makes for a really cool song. Here we go. Cutie pie, you're the reason why. I love you so. I don't want you to go. You're the girl who makes me feel so good. Cutie pie, 
so good. That's Cutie Pie by One Way. Song number 11 is from 1985, and I think you'll hear a bit of the difference in what some of the earlier stuff, 79, 80, 81, 82, was to where 1985 was. Now we're in the middle of the decade. We're getting close to the end of this genre's period of, of really standing out. This is Object of My Desire by Starpoint. You can hear a bit more of that... 80s feel, late 80s, mid 80s. Again, another one hit wonder, but such a big song. Not only for the genre, but for the whole decade. Listen to the elements, keyboards, synths all over the place. And the voice? You my way, all control. Had taken hold. My Let's get to the hook so you can hear what she does. So good. All right, let's go. Song number 12 is a personal favorite of mine and also a huge band of the genre. This is the SOS band. You know them from Take Your Time, Do It Right, which is a bit of a disco song. Maybe from High Hopes, but for me, their best song has to be Just Be Good to Me, 1983. A song that actually became the theme for Richard Pryor's stand-up comedy. Written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. From their fourth album, On the Rise, this is Just Be Good to Me. The build here is fantastic. The bass line is exquisite and copied still to this day. Has every single element you could want in post-disco funk. Synths, harmonies, female voice. It's got everything. I'm going to let this one play a little bit so you can really identify all the elements. Here comes the bass. you have a chance to listen to the entire nine minute plus version of this song it is one of the funkiest most fantastic r&b post disco songs ever made 
she does a phenomenal job, and this band is killer. I'm going to let this play as I say thank you so much for letting me do this and give you my 12 post-disco songs that this genre I'm going to again put my flag in the sand and say this one's going to come back now I could be wrong but for me I really hope it does because it deserves a spot thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time just be